This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. As I said, we have been talking on, on this series on by faith from Hebrews chapter 11. And I tell you, faith is the only way to live for a believer. There's no other way for us to live apart from faith. And the Bible tells us as believers that the just shall live by faith. So we live by believing. Amen. We live by believing. We live by being exposed to what God has done for us. We get it into our hearts. We get it into our mouth. And we get it into our actions. And that's how we are to live. That's, that's it. When you get the word in, it'll change you. Uh, the Bible says to receive the engrafted word, which is able to change your soul, to save your soul, change the way you think. You get the word in, you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. The, the Bible says when you get the word in, it effectually works in you. So it's all about getting the word in, just like in the sower sows the word. Get it into the ground. The word, the word itself will start to work. And um, our job is just to have our ground prepared and to receive the word in and then to just keep that seed and protect that seed. Satan will do everything to come against it. But you know what? Our, our, our um, job as believers is to keep that word in because when the word in, it's going to start producing faith in you. Amen. And then you're going to be able to believe God for, for great things. And um, you know, for whatever God has for you, whether it's, in, whether it's in, in the workplace, whether it's in the home, or whatever arena it is, we start getting faith. We start believing God. Things start to change when you walk with God. You start to believe all things are possible. You start to believe things can change. Things don't have to stay the way they've always been. You know what? Um, we don't have to go with the status quo. We don't have to go with just what's always been. It doesn't have to stay the same. Amen. We, we, that's one of the wonderful things that I love whenever I got saved and got exposed to the Word of God and found out really what Jesus had done for me. I knew about going to heaven. But you know what? You're, you're a long time here on earth. You know, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, the span of eternity, it's not long, but relatively, you know what? It, it's, a, it's a lengthy time whenever you're here. I, I tell you, living defeated, it's a long time. If you're uh, living depressed, it's a long time. Living, you know, just, uh, just um, with, with just a, a, a not a, a hope, a not a, a, an expectation, it's a long time. You know, there's a lot of people who have pulled their hair out this last couple of years, and like in, in the drop of uh, in the in the in the vastness of eternity, it's just a drop. But you know what? When you're in it, there's a lot of people have have found it really tough this last few years. But you know what? That's why we need to, we need to find out who, who, what, who Jesus is, what he's done for us, what he's won for us, and get that in us. And then it starts to bring expectancy into our lives. And then when you have expectancy, you have something then to aim for with your faith. And, and thank God for faith. I love the Word of God. I love just I love the hope that it brings, and I love the faith that it brings. And Hebrews 11 says, "Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence, your proof, your title deed of things not seen as yet. Just because you can't see it, let me tell you, faith says it's now. Amen. Faith, faith is always in the now. Hope is in the future. Faith is in the now. But you have to have an expectancy. You have to have, like, it's like if you had a, um, one of them, you know, where they do the bow and arrow in the, in the Olympics. 
you know, and you have it set up at the back of the room, that is your, your hope at the bottom of the room, that target. But you know what? Your faith is when you release that, that um, 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 arrow. And I'll tell you, your faith then has something to bring to pass. The hope is your target. Faith brings it to pass. Amen. But faith is always in the now. Hope is in the future. Faith is in the now. That's why sometimes people get those things mixed up as well. You know, um, they don't, they don't, they don't um, understand both. And you need both components if you're going to be a person of faith. So you have to have something that you're aiming for. I, don't, I, I, I can't see it yet, but I know I have it by faith. So hope keeps you expecting until you see it. But faith doesn't need to see it. Faith just says, I have it. Amen. So, but you need both of those components. So um, you have to have hope. And if, you're ho- if you have no hope, no expectancy, it's like you, you shot, shot that thing in faith, but it went away out here. It missed because when your hope goes down, your faith has nothing to reach for. So everybody needs expectancy. And so thank God. That's, what the, that's why the word it brings expectancy but it also brings faith. So you need both. Amen. Um, praise God. We'll not get too much into that this evening or I'll not get into David. But praise God for hope and praise God for faith. But that's simply how we're meant to live. But uh, all I'm saying is that I love the expectation that the Word of God brings. It lets you know there's something better. But many know hope can also bring disappointment as well. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes you're, you're, you have a, an expectancy for something and it doesn't come to pass in your time frame. It's, it's like it's delayed. And that's sometimes, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But hope deferred just simply means it's put off. It, it's just extended. But it doesn't mean to say it's not coming. It just means it's just delayed. Now, that's not a time to get out of faith. That's a time to stay in faith. That's a time to say, Do you know what, praise God for faith. That's where all of the aspects of faith come into play because that's whenever your patience comes into play as well. You see, patience is like a, 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 it's like a, a, a trainer in the corner when you're a boxer and you're in that second round and you've been beat to a pulp and you know what, and the, 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 the patience will come and say to you, it's not over yet, keep starting, you've an all round to go. Amen, don't give up now, don't, we're not throwing in the towel now. You just keep going. It's an encourager. Faith or patience is an encourager to your faith. Amen. Hope is like where you see the belt at the end of the game. So you, but you need you need that encouragement to keep going. So when you have patience in your life, patience will say, will get in your face and say, "Don't you dare quit! Don't you dare give up! You you you've come so far." You know, it's like for the boxer, you have been training for the last eight months, and you're in the second round, and you feel like giving up. Don't you dare give up! You get up again, Tyson Fury, and get into round three, <laughs> you know. And that's the attitude that we're meant to have as faith people. So praise God, but that's the life that we are to live. So that just live by faith. Faith doesn't mean to say that you don't get challenges. Faith doesn't mean to say, oh, I'm in faith and then nothing's going to come against me. Faith, may, faith means that you get into faith, you stay in faith, having done all to stand, you stand in faith, and no matter what comes, you then have the other components of faith. Faith works by love. You just keep reminding yourself of God's love for you. You stay in that place, so you remind yourself of God's love for you, and then you walk in love towards other people so that that doesn't distract you off of your faith. So you stay in that love walk all of the time. Amen. Thank God for the love walk. 
Praise God. For you stay in that place of love. You, you understand God's love for you. And you minister in that love to others. And then nothing's going to distract you. You know out here. And get you off of your faith. It's like no I'm, I'm loved. Praise God. If problems come against you. I'm loved. Why can this not come to pass? God loves me. Just like Donna was sharing. How much does God love us? How much does Jesus love us? You know, you're loved of God. But you see, if you, don't, if you think God's angry with you, your faith is, it's scrapped. It's just, it's like the powers went out. It's not working anymore because you think God's angry at you. Oh, I did something. Or I, you know what, I lost my temper or whatever. You know what, you get back to God loves me. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your love for me. That's actually the power to actually be free from that. And then it's the power to forgive others. Because you just go back to God's love. Amen. See, love will keep you in faith. It'll keep you motivated in faith. It'll keep you, it'll keep you in that place where you know God loves me. How could this not come to pass? Boy, God loves me. I'm telling you, I'm God's child. I'm blessed. God loves me. God, he makes his face to shine upon me. Amen. See, and if you feel your, your faith ever wobbling in an area, just like Donna was sharing her earlier, the best thing is to go back and say, you get back to that and you're like, how much more does he love me? He loves the birds. You know, he clothes nature. How much more does he love me? It's the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. You, you get back to that love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm loved. When I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. I'm loved. I'm a child of God. He commended his love towards me at my worst. Boy, he hasn't changed his love towards me. He provided everything for me in Jesus Christ. Such love. Amazing love. Abounding towards us. No, that's like, that's like the... That's like the best fuel that you can get for your faith. You know when you pull into the petrol station, you want to go to the right petrol station where you know you're not getting dirty um, diesel or petrol. You know, you want to go where you're getting the best that is available for your car. Well, I'm telling you, for your faith walk, the best fuel that you can put in is to understand the love of God abounding towards you, that God loves you. That'll keep you in a place of faith because you realize God loves me. It's easy to believe God, when you know he loves you, it's hard to believe God. If you think you come to God and he's like, he's, you know, here's what you did wrong this week. Wait, I get your list out this week, what you done wrong. How are you ever going to come with confidence to him? But I tell you when, you, when you recognize when God sees you, he sees you in Christ. It's like Jesus walking in because he sees you in Christ. Not that you're Jesus, not that I'm Jesus, but we're in Jesus. And when we come, he sees us in the beloved. Amen. He sees us highly favored. It's like, oh, here's my child coming in. Love you. Morning. Morning. In fact, come boldly into my presence. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And receive grace to help in a time of need. Come boldly. I'm so glad to see you. Amen. You know what happens? Faith starts going up. <laughs> when you, once you know God loves you. It's like Donna was sharing earlier. When, you know what? Andrew Womack, he make that statement all the time. God wants you well. That ministers faith. But when you turn around and you said, you know what, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Let me tell you, your mind will tell you every single time you're the one that he doesn't do it for. Amen. And say, oh, it's not, that's the way your mind will go. Your mind will go like that. 
But I'm telling you, God's word works every single time. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. Every single one of them. Amen. And you, I'm telling you, don't see yourself even at the bottom of the list. You see yourself at the top of the list. I'm at the top of the list because that's where Jesus is. He's at the right hand of the Father. Look, so am I. <laughs> Amen. The right hand is the favoured hand. I'm left-handed, I can say that, and nobody, I don't, I don't get offended. But in the Bible, the right hand is the favoured hand. And when you're at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, you're favoured. What a, what a starting place. Amen. Praise God. That's good. Thank God for the, the rabbit trails. As they often say, there's, 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 meat, there's meat on a rabbit. <laughs> but you know what? Thank God for that. Amen. And, and I find in my life, anytime I feel um, in my own walk where I feel that, I just feel weary. You know, just, just up against something, I always go back to God's love. God's love for me. I always go back to it because like I, he, he was loving me and he was loving you before you were even thinking about him. No, he, he, he loves us. And when you go back to that simplicity of God loves me, I'm his, I belong to him. You know what, there's, there's people that might not love you, but God loves you. I can, I can live with that. Amen. I can live with that. I can live whenever, whenever um, people, you know, you, know you go, sometimes you face things and somebody doesn't like you or somebody rubs you up the wrong way or something like that or somebody says something to you or whatever and you, it can sometimes hurt. But I always go back to, you know what, God loves me. It's not as big a deal. Now, if God didn't love me and everybody else did, I'd have a problem. But when God loves me and God loves you this evening, loves you so much, what a, what a wonderful truth to know God's love. Amen. Amen. You know, we started talking on um, David last week, and David is a great example of love. He's a great example of the love of, uh, love of God, and he's a great example of faith. David's name actually means beloved. And... Um, what, what, a, what a great place to be to know that, that you're loved. And I tell you, David is a type of Jesus. We said that last week. Um, but David is also a wonderful example of the life of faith. And uh, I think, for, like for me, when I, if someone was to say to me, what's the greatest story in the Old Testament? I think David and Goliath, for me, I just love the faith principles that I've learned over the years just out of this one story. Yet we've learned faith from everything else. But in Hebrews 11, it, it lets us know about David. And about he's one of those heroes of faith. And we started to look at him last week. And we seen that David, you know, um, when Saul or when Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons, that, that David was not uh, even brought out before Samuel. Um, so when Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons, David was out in the field. But you know what? It didn't matter. He was still God's choice. And that's a great lesson. Do you know what? It doesn't matter whether man rejects you. As long as God accepts you, that's, what, that's really what counts. See, God loves you. God loves you. Amen. And God has a purpose and a destiny for your life. And you, you have to find whatever God has for your life. So David, he was anointed to be king. And then, um, you know, he ended up, he got round Saul. 
And then we seen where he went back to his father's house while everybody went to war and um, up against the Philistines. And we, we looked last week at really the backdrop of this that Goliath, he came out 40 days and he taunted the children of Israel, defied the armies of God, and he, he really um, brought it down to a fight between two. You know, so uh, the Philistines would have their representative and the, uh, the, the Jewish people, they would have the children of Israel, they would have their representative. And whoever won that battle uh, of their, their champions, whoever won that battle, that was, that was a determined. So if, if, if the Philistines won, Goliath won, let me tell you then, um, the, 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 the children of Israel would serve the Philistines. But you know what, if, if we want to say it's David that goes out, if David wins, well then, you know what, the Philistines, they would serve them. In other words, it's all about superiority in this. Who's going to be above? Um, but it was down to the champion. And thank God that our champion is Jesus. And that's why our victory is not based on us. Our victory is based on the one who fought in our place, who died in our place. So we have his victory um, tonight. But that was the back... Uh, uh, tonight, praise God. And all the time we have his victory. But you know what? Here's the thing. That's the backdrop of this story. And so um, let me just... Let me just get into this here again because David goes down to, to the, the battle and actually it was his father that sent him down. And really his father sent him down. You see us here in, in, in 1 Samuel 17 verse 17. It says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephod of parched corn and ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. And so he did, he went and he took that and he went down to, to, the, to the battle. And you, you see something about David here. David was very obedient to his father. You know what, he, you could say it here, like, just like Jesus, that he was about his father's business. Okay, his father asked him to do that and he, he did it immediately. And you know what, for us as believers, we need to be about our father's business as well. Just like Jesus was at 12 years of age. Um, do you know what, really, that's all that's going to count in all of eternity is kingdom business and so you know what you can be in kingdom business you know whenever you're with friends family I didn't mean to say you're coming a big bible this season battering everybody but you have when you've spent time with God you know what it comes out just naturally in your conversations it's like you know the sun shines but you know what you you, you just you it's not like knocking at your door and forcing itself on you. No, you just, you just get out and you get around it and it, it impacts your life. Well, it's the same for us as believers. You know what? When we've been impacted by God, then we go and we impact our generation. You can do that everywhere you go. It comes out in your conversation. If somebody's going through a difficult time, it comes out in your conversation. If somebody's unwell, it comes out in your conversation. You pray for them. You know what? If somebody's in need of, you know, and there are questions about God, it comes out naturally. It's just because you, you know Him. So it just comes out naturally. That's being about your father's business. Amen. So David goes down to the, to the battle. And, but before David went, the Bible says that he left the sheep and he left them into care. Which lets us know another principle in the kingdom of God, and that is this, that when you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful over much. And there's a lot of people just neglect the small things, but how many know the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine? 
So, um, you know, it's, it's important for us just to be faithful in the, in the little things in life. Amen. But that's what David did. He, he left the, the, the sheep with the keeper and he goes down to the battle. And it says here in verse M21, this is 1 Samuel 17, verse 21. It says, For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And so this fight is really, it's, it's like it's building. Okay, over the last 40 days it's been building. There's no actual engagement. There's just trash talk going on and Goliath coming out morning and evening and threatening. But what's happening is there's a build-up going on here. It's intensifying. And, um, and they're, they're posed against each other. As I said last week, one's on this side, one's on this side, and there's like a valley in between. And the champion would come out of the Philistines, Goliath, day and night, and taunt the children of Israel, send you out a champion. So it's left this kind of arena, kind of a mentality. And, um, but this is what's going on. It's like a standoff. And the children of Israel, every day a fear is building in the camp because they have no one who will go out against this, this champion. Um, and so in verse 7, or verse 23, it says, it says, and, and as he, this was David, as he talked with him, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines. And he spake according to these words, and David heard them. And um, I've said this before, anytime I've taught on this, there are people, if you look at different translations of the Bible, um, I'm a King James man personally. I love the King James Bible. That's why I always basically use it. I'm used to it. The, the King James Bible has been tested and proven. There's been revivals for hundreds of years um, based on, on, on the, the King James Bible. There's a lot of new translations and they change words and sometimes change the whole meanings of things. But you know what? You will look at, you will look at some translations and it, and it makes it out that David... He went down to the battle and back every day, down and back every day, down and back every day. But he didn't. Well, he he, came, he brought helped bring stuff down to the battle initially at the beginning, and then he uh, um, he went home to his father's house, and he was he wasn't back here until forty days later. And people say, "How do you know that?" You know what? I, when I when I read the Bible, I think. I put myself in the picture. Now, we have all lived through the last two years here with this pandemic. I'm telling you, if you are around people when there's something going on, you know about it because it's on people's lips. Now, in this camp, fear is right through the camp, the Bible lets us know. So if David was going down morning and evening, do you not think that he would know the fear that was in the camp? When you read it, you find out when you read it properly in, in first. Um, Samuel 17, he went down to the battle and he went back to his father's house. He was at his father's house for the next 40 days while Goliath was coming out morning and evening and spouting out his fear. But where was David for those 40 days? I said it last week. He was a, he was a psalmist. He was a, he was a worshiper. He played. He was an anointed young man. He's out in the fields with the sheep. He's getting experience with God and spending time with God. And I'm telling you, when things go on in your life, one of the greatest things you can do is go and get in the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, you get God's optics, you get God's viewpoint, you see everything completely different. And faith sees different than fear. That's why the Bible says, um, we, um, um, for we walk, not by, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. 
If you live in this natural arena as in you're impacted just by all of the rubbish in this world, you'll live by sight, natural sight. But when you're in the Word and spend time with God, you see things different. And so when David came after 40 days, he heard this um, accusation of Goliath and that was the first time he heard it. And when he heard it, he heard it different than everybody else. And I'm telling you, as faith people, we do, we do hear negative things. But I tell you, a faith person hears it different. We're not living with our head in the sand. We're living with our head in the clouds. You could say in the right sense, we're heavenly minded. We see it from God's viewpoint. We look at it completely. We look at, we look at life like, like an eagle. You understand? We look like an eagle. We don't look at life like a chicken. So we look like an eagle. So when things come, we're not like a chicken, you know, has no um, aerial view of a situation. So when, you know, when, 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 when there's a bit of fear around, the chickens go all over the place. But you know what? When, uh, when there's a storm or something comes, but I tell you, when an eagle sees a storm, he has a different viewpoint. He spans out those wings. And he looks it straight in the eyes and it actually caused him to soar higher. And so David's coming at this like an eagle. Changes his whole, the, the, or the whole um, atmosphere. And you know what, for us as believers, we need to change the atmosphere wherever we go. You know, when, when everybody else is on fear FM, do you know what? Thank God for a refreshing voice of faith that is on a different wavelength. Amen. So David heard the Philistine. It says, it says here in verse um, 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Back in verse 11, it says, When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I mean, you would say they were really, really afraid. But when David heard it, he was, he was completely different. Others heard failure and David heard opportunity. Amen. Others seen no future. David seen the possibility of a better future without the Philistines on their back and a better future for him as well. Others seen he's too big. David seen he was too big to miss. <laughs> Others thought we have no chance. David thought he's no chance because God's for us and not against us. See, it's how you look at things. And faith people do look at things completely different. So David was really, he was covenant conscious. He was conscious of the covenant that God had, had given them. Verse 25, it says, it says this, And the men of Israel said, um, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be, look at this here, this is what David, David latched on to these words, look at this here. It shall be that the man that kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. David saying, boys, this is a wonderful opportunity. Look, there was three things here that David, David heard this. You see, Saul was afraid, and Saul's, Saul's putting up and saying, if anybody goes out and can take this man out, you know what? You're going to have a great future. You know what? I'm going to enrich you. You're going to be rich out of this. You're going to have a lovely babe. You know, you're going to have my daughter, and you're going to have honor, because there's honor that comes when you marry a king's daughter. Look, David's a shepherd. 
and he's hearing that you can get you can get a woman out of this you know <laughs> any young man when he hears a woman boom, <laughs> ears are open an honor and then that, that my family will be tax free my, my family will be free I mean our family name is going to go up a level here if, 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 if you take out that giant that's the way that's the way this thing was presented when David heard it he he heard opportunity let me tell you every battle that we face in life is also an opportunity amen it's an opportunity to get experience with God it's an opportunity to grow let me tell you when you're see when you're up against something and you um, if you live in the word praise God sometimes people are visiting the word and then they come up against something and then they really get serious I've seen that so many times I've seen people come up against something and they get really serious about the things of God and actually if they handle the situation right they can actually get closer to God in that situation it's not that God brings the trials but but I'm telling you when a trial comes God will surely use it and I've seen people get into faith, get serious about the things of God because something presented itself to them and they had a choice. They could either run in fear or else they could get closer to God. And it actually became a great opportunity in their life to get closer to God, to get experience with God. And they actually grew in their Christian walk. Well, I'm telling you, every mountain that comes against you, there's something greater on the other side of it. Amen. Amen? And faith can see you right through that mountain that's the way faith is faith is like x-ray vision you know what sometimes people i don't know what's on the other side of the mountain no, because all they can see is the mountain but i'm telling you faith can see what's on the other side of it faith, see faith faith thinks different faith thinks opportunity faith will start saying you know what i'm coming through this amen i'm coming through the other side of this i have it now amen mountain you be removed Faith, faith is just so different. It's so different. And it says here, um, And David spake to the men that stood by and said unto him, Again, he repeats it, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised? See, here's covenant. Who is this uncircumcised, no covenant, Philistine, look at that, that he should defy the armies of the living God. See, David's not saying, who shall defy me? David wasn't full of pride. David wasn't, you know what, he's come against me. No, David's seen it as, you've came against God. Amen. You've came against the God in me. Now, many times we will say out there, how dare you come against me? But we're not saying that from a prideful point of view. We're saying it from the point of view of how dare you come against me? I'm a child of God. Do you know who I belong to? Do you know, do you know the family that I'm in? Amen. I'm in God's family. It's not a pride thing. It's an in Christ thing where you know who you are in Christ. There's a defiance. See, when something defies you, you have to defy it back. But you're doing it in, it's like you're, see, we stand, I'll talk about it here in a second, hopefully. We stand in, the Bible says, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when you put on the armor of God. When you stand in what he has won for you, you're standing there in Jesus Christ, in his victory. You're standing in Christ. 
It's not a pride thing. It's a confidence thing. Faith is confident. Faith is, is a, there's a confidence that comes with faith. Amen. There's, an, there's, there's that expectancy, that confidence that comes with your faith. It is not a pride thing, but it sounds prideful um, to others. But the people of faith, we know we're not standing in ourselves. We're standing in who we are in Christ Jesus. And that is so important for us as believers to know who we are in Christ. You know, I heard Kenneth Hagin say years ago, I had a, a, a tape message of who you are in Christ. And he said, go through the New Testament and you take all of the scriptures out of who you are in Christ, who you are in him and in whom, and all of those scriptures, and you start to meditate on who you are in Christ and start to confess who you are in Christ Jesus. I tell you, that we tape, it had a massive impact on my life um, with the scriptures and also in my mind, the visual of knowing I'm in Christ. And it's important to know who you are in Christ. And so... Um, David had to, ask, he had to ask them to repeat this. He was like, what? Say, did you ever say to somebody, say it again? I'm not, I, I, I don't think I heard you right. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, that's the, way, that's the way the promises of God are. That's the way the goodness of God is. It's like, repeat that? Do you see, religion is so harsh. Religion gives you what you deserve. Amen. That's how religion operates. It gives you what you deserve. But I'm telling you, grace will give you what you do not deserve. It gi it, grace gives you what Jesus won for you. And you're like, what? I can't be that good. See, when I, see, whenever I hear the word taught, to where it causes me, I'm being correctly, to where it causes me to go, I can't be that good. I'm like, I could be hearing the gospel here. Amen. Because that's exactly what the gospel is. Andrew Womack always says the gospel is the nearly too good news to be true. It's, it's, like, it's like, what? Is it that good? It can't be that good. But it is. Amen. That's why people stumble at the gospel. That's why people stumble at Jesus. But Jesus is that good. So the man, the, the man actually turned around and says, absolutely, this is what it is. And then David's brothers, they're here because, like, they're down here. They're military people. They've been there for the last 40 days. Next thing, David shows up. And they're like, what are you doing here? You know what? You're spouting out, asking questions. You know what? Uh, what what's going to be done to the man that, that takes out this guy? And they're looking there saying to him, you're full of pride. And I'm telling you, when you're in faith, you will have people accuse you of being prideful. When you have confidence in God, there's people who will accuse you of being prideful. They'll say, you know what, you're just full of yourself. But you know what, true faithful, faith people are not full of themselves. True faith people just believe what God says. And they're humble enough to believe what God says. Amen? One of the, the, one of the, the signs of true humility biblically is whenever you put your own opinion down and say do you know what I look at me and I think that's not true that couldn't be true but you know what here's what God's word says or here's what God's word promises and God I demote my thinking and I exalt your thinking in my life so Lord I start to declare that when you give you receive the world might not understand that but that's God's kingdom 
Amen. Like I was brought up with that kind of religious kind of thinking, you know, or, um, you know, your humble abode, you know, you, you know, uh, poverty is next to godliness and all of that kind of mentality. You know what, I, I heard all of that. I, I, I've heard people say that. I've heard people in my circle say that growing up, you know, things like that. You know, I've heard people say things like over the years, you know, God will break you. And all of these kind of stuff. I'm telling you, when you get a hold of the, the new covenant, you start to think different. Amen. I'll tell you, having Jesus in your life is never a minus. Having Jesus in your life is a plus. Your life doesn't go down when you follow Jesus. Let me tell you, he, he's in the business of lifting us up. Amen. Amen. Now it says here, and Eliab, this is David's brother, it says his, his eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why are you come down thither? And whom hast thou left those few sheep within the wilderness? Do you know what? Never despise the day of small beginnings. Amen. You know, those few sheep. You know what? I, 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 people ask me all the time, Do you still do life source on a Thursday night? Yeah. You know what? Not big crowds. But you know what? I don't despise. I don't despise coming together. I don't despise coming together around the things of God. I don't devalue that. That's why I'm still here. Amen. Because I don't I, see if I didn't value this, I would have I would have sh shut up in the first six months. But I value coming together, even if it's if it's if it's, it's not big numbers. Why? Because I, I I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the fellowship, and I, I believe we all need the word. And I value the word, and I value your lives. Amen. I I believe yous are worth it. I believe yous are worth me getting in the car and coming every week. Amen. And Donna and the boss and the boss over there are coming. See, you always get out of that very easy because I say, honey, we're one. Uh, Amen. When I'm speaking, I'm speaking as both of us. We're one, honey. Um, but you know what? Sometimes people have that. Oh, you, you know, you started the business. How's it going? There's, things might be slow at the minute, but you know what? Here's what the Word says. I have promises from God. I'm trusting God. Amen. The Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know what? I'm going to be faithful with the little. The orders mightn't be flying in the door at the minute, but you know what? I'm going to be faithful with it. You know what? Sometimes people despise that. See, everybody wants to show up when there's a crowd. But I'll tell you, when you're, when you're just being faithful with what God has called you to do, it's a great place to be. Amen? See, I, here's a principle that we have lived by. And that is you live your life before an audience of one. I'm conscious of him. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what, that's all, that's all I'm living for. I'm living for, God, what is it that you desire me to do? God, is this what you've asked me to do? Well, then I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's, if it's me and Donna. Because you live before God. Amen. What David was doing with those few sheep was not a waste of time. And I can tell you, to see, when you're in the small beginnings, it's not a waste of time. Amen? When you start off, it's like you start with the kids, you know, 
you'd be teaching them, you know, um, all through their school years, you know, learn. You know, learn what you can, learn what you do your best, do that, you know what I mean? You're always teaching them to, to stick with it. Why? Because those ABCs help you up here. Amen? Secondary school is going to help you. Everything's building. And when you're faithful in the little, you'll be faithful in the, the much. Amen? But they made fun of him. But here's the thing here. David was the only one who was talking faith. And so... Have you ever felt like that there? Have you ever been around people and it's just fear, fear, fear and you say it's on scriptural and people pounce on you like as if, you know, oh, here you come super spiritual. No, I'm just quoting what the word says. And man, I'm not trying to, uh, to beat anybody down or I'm not trying to condemn anyone, but you know what? That's so how I live. I can't think like that. Here's what God's word says. You know, and that's what David's doing. David's saying, David turns around in the middle of all of this and he says, is there not a cause? Let me tell you, there's always a cause. There's always a cause. What's our cause? Our cause is the gospel. That's what we're living for. We're living for Jesus. Amen. Is there a cause? Absolutely, there's a cause. Amen? And let me tell you, see, with the promises of God, there's a cause for what you're believing for. Do you see what you're believing for? It'll affect your life. It'll affect, it affects you. It affects your children. It affects your family. It affects the move of God. Is, is, so we say, oh, do you know what, at this stage, I just give up. Give, I, there's something in me when somebody says give up that goes off on the inside of me. Like It's like in the inside, it's like, how dare you? I get all Greta. What do you call her a wee girl? <laughs> How dare you? You know, the climate change and all of that kind of stuff. Well, praise God, I'm not, I'm not too bothered about climate change, okay? Uh, I've read my Bible. It's going to be okay that Jesus comes back and he can sort it out. We don't have to sort out the planet. Do you know that? Jesus, Jesus has it all under control. Amen. I've read it's going to, and I'll tell you what, they can, th they can think, you know, just with human logic, we're going to sort the planet out with giving you paper straws that you can't even suck a, a, a milkshake through. Now you try, you go and you get a milkshake and they give you a paper straw and the paper straw turns to mush and then you can't even suck the milkshake out. Now, do you know what? We're smart. We have plastic straws in our car because see, I'm not too concerned about the planet. Why? Because I'm, I believe what God says gives you a lot of peace. Well, I'm telling you, whenever something comes against me and, and I know the Word of God says something opposite, there's something in me just turns around and goes, how dare you? Amen? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you say this or say that? Or There's a, a defiance. And I'm telling you, people of faith have a defiance. Amen? Praise God. God is so good. <laughs> <laughs> hope the next time you hear that there how dare you you think how dare you amen when the enemy comes against your life how dare you my kids are all Tyler's always there's memes all of these memes and you, sometimes you hear them and, and someone will happen they'll turn around and say how dare you <laughs> well do you know what that's the way we're meant to be how dare you the bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. He'll flee from you. Again, just in closing, that is not a prideful thing. 
He's not fleeing from you because of how good you are. He flees from you because when he sees you standing in the victory of Jesus Christ, it's like, you know, uh, Jesus I knew and Paul I knew. Amen. Or Paul I know. And then said to the seven sons of Sceva, uh, who are you? Well, I'm telling you, a believer who knows who they are in Christ, the devil will turn around and say, you know, like Samuel I know and Melvin I know. Amen. And Paul and all of us. I know when you stand in Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, the devil knows who you are. Amen. Amen. And he, know, he knows you by name. But you see, you're standing in Jesus. And then you have that, how dare you, <laughs> how dare you kind of thing going on. And you resist the devil. See, you'll not resist the devil in your, your, you can't resist him in the flesh. You resist him in the armor of God. You resist him standing in who you are in Christ. And you're suited up in that armor. It's putting the word on. That's what it is. What Jesus has done. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're putting all of those parts on. And you're standing there and you say, This is what the word says. This is who I am in Christ. Amen. It's a completely different attitude. Praise God. We'll get back to this next week. Listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries. Followed by the number one at gmail.com.